Welcome everyone to this special children's picture book edition of the Fremantle Press podcast. My name is Helen Milroy and I just love storytelling and picture books. And I'm really happy to be hosting this podcast. We have a very special guest with us today. We're joined by Katie Stewart, author and illustrator of the books What Colour is the Sea and Where Do Stars Go? Now, Katie Stewart was born in the north of England. She came to Australia at the age of nine. She started her working life as an archaeologist and ethno-historian, went on to teaching and later worked in a school library. But her lifelong dream was to be what she is now, married to a farmer with three children, living in north of Northam, where her love of animals means she has lots of pets and takes lots of nature photos. So, Katie, welcome. Hello, thanks for inviting me. Well, you're very welcome. I'm, I'm really keen to hear your story, a little bit about your story and, and the way that you create some of your books. But first up, I have a dog, mm-hmm. so tell me about your pets. It sounds like you have plenty of room for lots of pets where you're living at the moment. We have three dogs. Two of them are farm dogs, Seb and Bonnie. But Annie is a golden retriever. She's our old house dog. And we have two cats. One of them's 16 and the other's about eight. And we have a budgie and a rabbit. Wow. And that's about the least we've had for a long time. (laughs) Now, I noticed that your books really feature such beautiful illustrations of animals, Um, and in particular the koala and the possum. But I know mm-hmm. those those stories aren't necessarily about the animals per se. So ha- how do you combine the sort of animals and the storytelling together? Can, can you explain what the books are really about for us? What Colour is a Sea is about asking questions and forming your own opinion, so critical thinking, that sort of stuff. So Koala goes and asks a question, gets lots of opinions, but goes and finds out for herself what the answer is. Where Do the Stars Go is about looking at things more carefully. It's what I do when I'm, when I'm out. I tend to look at things and imagine other things, which is where my stories tend to start from. So, yeah, it's about imagination and the beginnings of creativity. So do you think that's a really important message for both children and parents? One for the children that is, you know, go and explore, ask questions, find out for yourself. And also for parents to say, you know, let your kids explore, let them be creative, let them think about things. Oh, yes, definitely. I mean, my children, having grown up on the farm, they've, you know, they've been out in the bush, they've paddled in the mud and and all that sort of stuff. But a lot of city kids just don't do that. So, yeah, I think it's important for them to get out there and be kids. Yeah, and explore the world around them. Yes. Your images of the animals are, are very detailed and realistic. In, in fact, I, I would love to cuddle the animals in your books. They're so gorgeous. Tell me how you get that mixture and make those animals seem very alive on the pages. Well, I do them on, on a computer, which is useful because you can build the picture up and up and up and up. So I start off with a flat colour, but then I'll go over the top with and build the fur up. But the main thing about getting the animals to look lifelike is their eyes. Once you get their eyes to look right with the light shining in them, that's when they start to look real. So that gives them that character element, that sort of real personality. Yes. Yeah. I used to do I used to do a lot of pet portraits. And I always started with the eyes because once you get the eyes, the pet just comes out alive. How long would it take you to do an illustration like that? 
Depends on what it is. I mean, um, the koala, probably not very long because it was just plain fur, whereas the bungara in the new book that's coming out, that took forever because it was every single scale <laughs> trying to get the pattern right and everything. So, yeah, that took a long time. I thought bungara was a very handsome bungara, actually. <laughs> Yeah, it was fun to draw, but, yeah, it took a long time. So tell us a little bit more about your new book, Where Do the Stars Go? How did you choose which animals were going to be part of the story? When I first wrote it, I wrote it as a partner story to the first one. So it was actually a koala. And when I sent it to Kate, she said she loved the story, but let's turn it into a possum because I'd kept wanting to turn the koala into a possum in the first book. So she said, well, let's make the second one about a possum. So I did the possum, but there was a possum already in the story. So I had to turn that into a numbat. <laughs> but once I turned that into a numbat, I couldn't have the platypus that was in the story. So Because they're not together. They're just not in the same place. So I had to get rid of the platypus and I had to think of an animal that might live in the water. So I came up with the rakali. And then, yeah, so it was just trying to find different things, but all that would live in the same sort of area. Sounds like musical chairs for animals. Yeah, it was. (laughs) (laughs) But they're all very beautiful, I have to say. Katie, I was really quite struck by your work history. You started out as an (laughs) archaeologist, an ethno-historian, teacher, school librarian. What led you on to illustrating and writing stories? Was it culmination of all of those experiences? No, it was actually a full circle from where I wanted to be when I was a kid. I wanted to be an illustrator right from being about seven or eight, but my mother had had to leave school when she was 16 and she wanted all her children to get a good degree. So when I put down that I was going to do art at what is now Curtin, she, no, she didn't like that. So I went to UWA and did archaeology instead fully intending to say well I've done it now mum I'm going on but I don't know I just got caught up in lots of other stuff and it didn't happen so so when I got to my early 50s I actually read a book by Sir Ken Robinson who talks about following your passion and I thought well what I've always wanted to do is illustrate so I gave up work and just concentrated on getting a body of work and annoying publishers and that sort of thing until I finally got a publication. So, yeah, that's where it came from. Well, I'm so glad you persisted because the illustrations are absolutely beautiful. Had you always drawn from a young age? It was, was it something you always did sort of as a bit of a hobby anyway? Yes, because when I was young, I had two older sisters who were both incredibly bright. I could never keep up with them. And I wanted to do something that made me different from them. And they could both draw as well, but they didn't. So I just concentrated on being an artist. And because I practised so much more than them, I became better than them. And, yeah, so I became the artist of the family. What does your mum think of your drawings now? Uh, She actually passed away five years ago. But I remember when she first moved to Northam, she was talking to somebody in Northam and she said that she was Katie Stewart's mum and this lady said, oh, Katie Stewart, the artist. And mum said, I floated home. (laughs) (laughs) I am the mother of Katie Stewart, the artist. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) wonderful, Katie. That's that's really wonderful. So where do your stories come from? I think it would be easier to say where they don't come from. 
It's like possum looking at the stars. I get little bits of ideas and then, I don't know, two o'clock in the morning, something will pop into my head. Or sometimes, like at the moment I'm working on a book, it's for older children, but it started out as an illustration for another book that I'd completed. I had a little boy on a horse. It was a merry-go-round horse. And I decided in that book that he wouldn't ride the horse, he would ride a rabbit. So I put him on a rabbit. But I still have this picture. I'm, I'm a hoarder and I even on my computer, I never throw anything away. So I thought, oh, I'll put a little girl on that horse. So I put a little girl on the horse and then I thought, no, I'll put her up in the sky. So I put her up in the sky. I must have a very childish imagination, I think. And when I'd got her up there on this horse in the sky, I got the words, she rode through the night, sewing stars into the clouds from her rainbow ribbons. So that's how it comes about. I just sort of go from one thing to another to another to another until I've got a story. So does it sometimes come with the images first or sometimes come with the words first? Being a writer and an illustrator, I have to admit that I do cheat. I write my story in 16 parts so that I know that I've got 16 pictures. So I'm thinking of the pictures as I'm writing the story. And sometimes when I'm drawing the storyboard, I think, no, I want to draw that. I'm going to change the story. So I change the story to fit what I want to draw on that page. So yeah, it, it all evolves with each other. It sounds like there's really a very much both a visual storytelling element through the pictures as well as then the language storytelling element. And yes, they, yeah. they, you fit them together rather than one taking precedence over the other or prominence yes, over definitely. the other. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So whereabouts do you do all your work? When we moved into our house, we had about four or five rooms and the big wide veranda on the outside. It's a typical farmhouse, really. But over the years, we've enclosed the verandas, so I'm on a veranda, but it's a bit better standard than just a veranda. You know, it's not a sleep out. It's a proper room, but it's very narrow. So you have a sort of a permanent studio that you can yes, you can work yeah. in. Is that a good space yeah. to sort of be creative, have that separate space? Yes, except being a hoarder, I've filled it up with lots of rubbish. <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. Does that give you inspiration, though, having all of those things around you? Yes, I think I, I call it my creative mess. I, I did read somewhere that creative people are always messy. So, I'm... <laughs> so you've made the grade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Bye for now. Katie Stewart, author and illustrator of the books What Colour is the Sea and Where Do Stars Go? If you enjoyed our chat today, subscribe to the Fremantle Press podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Helen Miroy and I have been your host today. Join me the next time as we continue our journey into everything books.